Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Juzgow, and here's a small programming note before we begin tonight's episode. On January 7th, Friday, January 7th, I and the great Mike Bichetti and Rachel Feinstein will be appearing on the Judge Jerry Show. Check your local listings. Here in the tri-state area, it's on at 11.30 a.m. on the CW Network. Judge Jerry, Friday, January 7th, with your pal, Dave Juskow, and the hilarious Mike Bichetti. Five, four, three, two, one, happy new year! Ha-cha, Juskow in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the premiere episode of Just Gal in the City, January 1st, 2022. It's Just Gal in the City with with new action and new... Damn it. <laughs> it's the same old show as the night fight, but we changed the name. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody had a wonderful New Year's and holidays and all those things in between as we welcome you back to the, well, I say I say, keep saying back, but to the first episode of Just Out in the City. And let's tell you, it's going to be edgier with new guests and new entertainment and new comedy. But no, it's the same old show. But it's got a different feel to it because we changed the name. So <laughs> that's where it is with this groovy new opening. I mean, come on, folks, I'm here all week. What is happening? No, I'm here for the whole year. I'm I'm all in it to win it. I am recording on January 1st, 2022. And if I sound up and chippy, that's because I am. I don't know why. Everything's falling apart, but it's a new year and you have to have faith. You have to have faith or we have nothing left. Nothing. Even though all of our favorite people are dying, and we, but it's all, they all die by December 31st because it's all starting a new era. You take January 1st and you take, I don't know, when, uh, after Labor Day. Those are the two times everybody can start over. I mean, what makes it the new year? No one knows. We've just decided upon ourselves that we will celebrate a brand new year. Well, actually, there is a reason, right? It has to do with the... The moon and harvesting, I believe. But uh, whatever the case may be, for me, it was just a random Friday night on New Year's Eve. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the program. I didn't do anything. I didn't go out because people are still full of COVID. That's not why I didn't go out. Uh, I will tell you, I got boosted, as a lot of uh, my lovely listeners have been telling me to go out and do. I finally got boosted. I got boosted just when I wanted to. On Christmas Eve at the Museum of Natural History here in New York City. You know, it's funny. Again, we changed the name of the show to Just Gow in the City. And then I feel like I just didn't do, like, I should have gone out on New Year's Eve because it's called Just Gow in the City. So it's not good to stay in. What's the point of staying in? 
if you're calling yourself Jump Scout of the City, it's got to be like, you know, hey, here's a guy that goes out. He experiences all of New York City. It's like the opening for Aces High for Sam Rothstein. Sam Rothstein will show you a Las Vegas like you've never seen before. He'll take you inside. That's supposed to be Jump Scout in the City. Ladies and gentlemen, the Tangiers Hotel proudly presents the all-new Sam Rothstein Show, Aces High. Tonight, taped live from the all-new sportsbook, we present the premiere showing of Aces High with the Sasha Semenov Orchestra and the Sam Rothstein Dancers. Mr. Rothstein is a professional gambler and the best football handicapper in America. A man who will take you inside the real Las Vegas as no one has ever done before. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the new entertainment director of the Tangiers Hotel Casino, Mr. Sam Rothstein. Welcome to the Sam Rothstein Show. We're very happy to have you here this evening. It's aces high. That's the show I've been waiting to do my whole life. And just uh, pictures of cutting the meat and uh, gambling. You know, <laughs> it sounds perfect. Why did I call the show Aces High? I've made a terrible mistake. A terrible mistake. I hope, you know what? We've got a retool. <laughs> I'm sometimes using the generic wax beans. Anyway, I stayed in on New Year's Eve, but uh, that's another story. I'm telling you about the booster shot. You go to the Museum of Natural History. In New York City, the Museum of Natural History, I believe. Is that where they shot all the night at the museums? I don't know. I think so. The Museum of Natural History here in New York City is a very famous and my favorite museum and probably the reason I even became a history major for some reason. Uh, I love the Museum of Natural History. And Oh, yeah. Well, all right. I'm going to tell you something big soon. <laughs> but which has to do with the Museum of Natural History. That now that I'm thinking about it, I'm sorry. I think about it. And I'm like, oh, I never told anybody about this. Now you know what? I'll tell you next week. Let's concentrate on what we got to do today, and then I'll reveal uh, <laughs> next week. Oh yeah, all right, good. Because uh, uh, then I have some bonus content. All right, good for the Patreon subscribers. Excellent. I just thought of something. I just thought about it while we were talking. How about that? All right. Anyway, and thank you, Patreon subscribers, for continuing your support of the now defunct just guy in the city i'm kidding i can't help myself it's funny making a name change but not doing oh what's the format how's the format going to be different huh what do you huh i don't understand what you're talking about um anyway you go to the museum of natural history to get the booster it's fantastic christmas eve i figure right because i don't do anything christmas eve and i don't do anything christmas day so if i feel ill again which i did not but if i did i have the whole day off it's perfect and I just, I didn't have an appointment, so I walked in, and I knew I was going to be there for a while. I got down there around noon, because I had heard going later was better, which it clearly was. I got down there around noon, and I think I got finished around 3.30. Like, I had to wait in line for, like, three hours. But I knew that going in, so I was okay, because I didn't have an appointment. And they have a line, a different line for Pfizer and a different line for Moderna. I was getting the Pfizer shot, because, you know, did the, I mean, nobody really knows, right? I mean, nobody knows. They keep telling you different things. Because I had the J&J &J shot, which apparently is not even being vaccinated. But apparently with the J&J &J shot and the Pfizer booster, you're invincible. And since I am the only person I know, uh, me and David Tell are the only people I know who have not had COVID. I guess I am invincible. As they uh, say in GoldenEye, uh, who's that? That gay guy that uh, that's in the Avengers, too. 
no, yes. Yeah, no, not the Avengers. He's in uh, the, the X-Men. Uh, Alan Cummings. Yes, I am invincible. In uh, GoldenEye, I am, I am Boris. I am invincible. But it turns out he's completely invincible. Anyway, went to the museum, waited online, and just waited and waited. And, you know, that was the plan. Outside, so I started getting very cold. But that's all right. Again, I knew what the issue was. And I finally got inside, I got the shot, and then, you know where you wait? Where you wait for the 15 minutes, you gotta wait, they gotta sit you down, see if you don't have any reaction, which of course I always want to do a phony, you know, lying on the floor reaction with the Alka-Seltzer tablets foaming out of my mouth, um, because that's exciting, and that's a story, but I didn't, um, because you don't want to bother all those volunteers working on a goddamn Christmas Eve, right? I mean, (laughs) what kind of dick would I be? Although... Uh, epic uh but you wait in the room with the big blue whale the legendary museum of natural history cornerstone piece the blue whale exhibit the big big place i mean what a terrific place to sit and wait 15 minutes i did not even look at my phone all i was doing was just looking around at all the exhibits what a beautiful place to get boosted or to get any kind of shot or medical treatment at this place that just has all this stuff to look at. It was fantastic. That was my plan. Could I have gotten the shot closer to where I live? Of course I could have. But that was the exciting story. And I said, boy, my new podcast, Just Guy in the City, you'll love this. <laughs> That's what I told the doctor. He goes, I don't understand. Oh, you will when Just Guy in the City premieres January 4th. Hello, everybody. But I am taping on New Year's Day. I didn't go out last night. I didn't go out last night, and I was going to go out last night. And I'm not going to burden you with uh, my financial issues because that's just depressing and annoying. And you don't need to know that. You need to, you know, I'll tell you certain things. I don't want to keep anything from you. You got to keep this a, a very uh, uh, giving podcast. I have to tell you what's happening because if I'm not honest with everybody, then why are we even doing a podcast, right? I mean, that's that's the joy. I, I tell you everything that's going on. I don't hold back anything. So, but. It's too depressing with the finance. You already know about that already. So I was, I didn't want to go out New Year's Eve. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't have anything to do. You know, I usually go down to the Comedy Cellar. I was on the Live from America podcast with the owner of the Comedy Cellar, Noam, and my new friend, Hatem. And uh, they were telling me what they were going to do for New Year's, and Noam was going to go down. He's the owner of the Comedy Cellar, and he was going to go down, and they were going to be in the shed, the shed that is built from covid and he goes, yeah, if you want to come to the shed, you can come to the shed. You have to be booster. I said, I got booster Christmas Eve. And then he's counting the days, you know, because apparently I'm like, oh, Jesus. All right. If he's counting the days, then I, whatever. And you have to take a rapid test. We have rapid tests available. And I'm like, just to sit in the fucking shed. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm like, you got to be kidding, right? I'm, I'm like, this, this. Is, and then, you know, you can't walk around from the shed. I don't think you could leave the shed after you come in because you can't go inside and then come back because then he's going to be up. I'm like, you know what? Who needs this? Were my friends there? Yes, Nick and Rachel and Atel was all there, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, right? It's bothering me all day, 2 o'clock. So I'm like thinking, all right, if I was going to leave, I'm going to leave at 4.30. As you know, I got to leave before it gets dark. So I'm thinking about it. Anyway, I had all these problems. You know, we we closed my mother's house. If you've been listening to the the Nightfly podcast, uh, there's a crossover. (laughs) I think it makes a difference. And there was something wrong with my car, and I bought it in for servicing here in Manhattan, which is probably a stupid move. I just wanted to bring it to the Jiffy Loop, and I probably should have, but I didn't because I was sick of being in New Jersey. 
just you know with all this stuff and i don't want to I'll, I'll tell you all the stuff with my mother's stuff later but this is the brand new new year's eve pod new new year's podcast so who wants to bore you with that kind of stuff um anyway i had a problem with my car left it in the garage then they told me it's like yeah it's gonna be 2500 bucks and i'm like what, what who i'm sorry my trick ear wasn't working what'd you say i thought maybe it'd be 600 bucks something like that and i'm like well i <laughs> okay so um you know, I figure I'll pay it with a, my American Express card and they don't take American Express. So then there was all these issues, right? So I find another card that I have, but I misread uh, the price or whatever. And I had them send me another card. I'm like, perfect, I'll use that. And then around three o'clock on New Year's Eve, I found out I misread and I don't have the money and then I started to panic and then it kind of ruined my New Year's and I'm like, you know what? Now I don't want to go anywhere. But I will tell you this, don't feel bad. I was okay with my decision. I decided to stay in around four o'clock and I was very good with it. I'm like, all I got to do is get to, to 1230. All I got to do is get to 1230. This is what everybody has to do if you decide not to go out. Now, of course, it's a great year not to go out. Nobody's really, you know, a lot of people aren't going out. A lot of people are, um, you know, my sister was staying. I think she stayed at a hotel with uh, Dory or whatever. You know, they didn't do nothing. And um, lots of people didn't do anything because they're <laughs> because COVID is spreading everywhere. So it is a strange, it's worse than last year. So I didn't care if I didn't go out or whatever. I mean, I really didn't. I really didn't. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. So that's the key, right? And I guess I just don't, maybe I just don't feel that way anymore at all. But, which is thank God, right? But, um, so I'm watching TV and I'm I'm watching, uh, you know, uh, Emily in Paris because that always cheers me because <laughs> I'm obviously homosexual myself. Um, thank you. I, that's such a good show. <laughs> and this week, let me tell you, people say, why do you watch Emily in Paris? I'm like, because Emily's hot. And uh, she's actually in the season finale, this Lily Collins, who, of course, I hate because she's Phil Collins' daughter. I'm just jealous. She's Phil Collins' daughter. We talked about this about two years ago when Emily in Paris came out last year. Uh, she's Phil Collins. I was like, why is this girl the producer of the show? She's Phil Collins' daughter. Well, easy track to, you know, and also being like a, a half a model and an actress. Well, that's the easy track to success. I've always said, if Don Rickles was my father, we wouldn't be in this mess. But uh, whatever the case may be, she's kind of, you know, why do you watch a show like that? I watch it because uh, she's very sexy and she has sexy friends. Uh, so I'm watching it for all the <laughs> the male reasons. But I also like that kind of stuff for just the, uh, you know, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, the, the the girl troubles uh, <laughs> um, with boys. So as you know, you know, I mean, my favorite movie is Clueless, right? I like these kind of shows. So there's Emily in Paris last week, or the one I watched. I think it's the third episode. Um, you know, I watched one at a time. I don't. I do not binge. I save it up. The ones I like the most, and it's just all these naked girls because they're French. There's all these naked girls in or topless in a steam room, and I'm like, see, now this is. What, and it's funny that I have to explain to myself why I'm watching this. See, now this is the reason I can explain to people when they ask, why are you so into Emily? Well, but, but but there's. <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain it. I'm like, well, well, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, wait, why do I have to explain it to anybody? What's the, you know, who cares? I watch whatever I goddamn watch. Everybody knows I like Clueless. They're going to understand why I like Emily in Paris. <laughs> Emily in Paris. So anyway, that drew me up and I'm like, all right, we got to find stuff to watch that's going to have nothing to do with the ball dropping. Every year we have the same situation. You know, we need like 90s television or whatever. They have this perfect channel, but apparently it's the one channel I don't get on my stupid Fios that is just like, you know, from the from the 70s that doesn't acknowledge any kind of time. And I'm not talking about me TV. 
because some of that stuff I don't want to watch, except for 10 o'clock when they put on Hogan's Heroes, which I totally watched yesterday, and they got no knowledge of the new year, which is fantastic, right? Because that's all I'm looking for. And I just watch, like, I eat something, and I'm watching, I don't know, what I was I watching? I was watching Barbecue Pitmasters. It was fantastic. Barbecue Pitmasters, I'm just watching everybody, all these idiots that, uh, that just food that's so bad for you, and they're so fat and gross, and I'm like, what am I worried about my eating habits? I eat healthy compared to the, if I'm having tacos once a week, I think that's pretty lame compared to these guys eating constant beef all the time. But watching them cook it is fantastic. I love that show, except, you know, I just I just want more cooking, less talking. That's why I can't watch reality television. I do not like when these dimwits are talking into the camera. I just want to see the action. I don't care about their innermost thoughts. That's why I hate cooking shows. I, I don't want to hear most of the chefs talking unless you're Julia Child and I know for a fact you're so, so knowledgeable because I know your backstory otherwise I don't want to hear no offense and I I love Valerie Bertinelli and of course we'll talk about Betty White in a couple of minutes but Valerie Bertinelli you know cooks and she's on shows cooking I'm like I don't care what you have to say I don't care what you're telling me about why parsley it brings out the flavor. I'm like, I don't need Valerie Bertinelli. I don't need Barbara Cooper to tell me about cooking. I need Jacques Pepin. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's my new favorite. He used to work with Julia Child. That guy, I'm going to listen to what he says because he's a true chef. I don't know these idiots that just happen to like be good at cooking telling me why. So if I ever did a cooking show, which of course I should do because I was cooking during COVID and making meals for single fellas called I cook on Mondays. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm like, and then you do this because it really, unless I'm doing the good fellas, because it really brings in the flavor. It brings in the, oh, you got to add the pork. You got to add, that's the only way I would do it. What am I going to tell you? I'm going to tell you, we're going to listen to Dave Juskow on why time is so important in a recipe. It's ridiculous. So what the hell was I talking about? How do I get off on cooking? I don't even remember now. Did say, oh yeah, because I was watching Barbecue Pit Masters. My God. I'm at such a tangent. Why don't I call the show The Tangent Show? Because I really go off on tangent. Boy, I really messed up. I think we fucked up with the name change, everybody. So I'm watching. I'm going back and forth between that and uh, Devil's Prada was on, thank God. And, uh, oh, and the, uh, the college football games, which were awful. Like Rutgers got to be in a game because of COVID, because they shouldn't have been in a game because they didn't win enough games. And obviously they're not ranked. But they got to be in a bowl game because... Uh, somebody, another team got COVID and they just, you know, so they were asked to like, do you guys want to be in? We're like, sure, we'll be in. So they got killed. And then the two playoff games, which I'm like, well, if I'm home on New Year's, that'll be fun. Had no bets on it whatsoever. I just want to see the college football playoff because it's fun. Wow. They sucked. There was nothing to watch. I mean, I thought the Alabama Cincinnati game might suck because even though everybody, everybody says, I, I know we'll save this for a Tuesday show, but Cincinnati got in the playoffs. Well, Marcy, you get it. The University of Cincinnati got in the playoffs. It was a very exciting, undefeated season, but they got spanked, spanked by Alabama. And then, you know, it's horrible for other programs because everybody's like, see? So that's bad. And then you figure you have Michigan, this amazing story, the way they beat Ohio State. It's very exciting. And um, Georgia, and they Georgia just spanked them. And so both games were not fun. So then there was nothing to watch except Devil Wars Prada and Barbecue Pitmasters, but that's fine. And then finally at 10 o'clock, uh, Hogan's Heroes. And then 11 o'clock, I'm like, well, I've been watching TV too long. I turned off the TV. I turned off the TV. I said, I'll take a shot. I'll turn off the TV. 
I'm going to turn off the TV. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to my computer. I'm going to play solitaire. And I would listen to Howard Stern. I remember how I was saying I was almost done with Howard Stern because I almost am. But boy, did it save my ass. You know, obviously there was no talk about anything normal because it's, you know, from the past month or year. Uh, so I just put that on, played solitaire on the computer. And then, of course, I wasn't looking at the clock. I wasn't looking at the clock. But I live in New York City and I hear I hear everything, you know, and I'm like, like, what is everything? Where are these sounds coming from? No one knows. But then I look down at the clock. I'm like, oh, it's 12 o'clock. But by 12.01, it was all over. And I still sit there. And I'm just listening, and then I'm like, okay, it's 12.30. I made it. I, I was playing like this stupid, I think, a pyramid solitaire game. I don't even know what the fuck it was. I found a new game to play, and I was completely content. I'm like, it's 12.30. And then all of a sudden, I just felt great. I was like, I was happy. I was in such a good mood that I'd made it once again. You know, because it's so messed up. The pressure that comes with like, oh, my God, the rest of the world is partying, and I'm sitting here by myself. But 12.30 came, and I'm like, come on, tomorrow's going to be great. I'll do the podcast, we'll do Marina show. You know, we start a whole new year. Everything's going to be different. You know, you have such expectations, and why not? Again, as, as down as I might have been recently, you know, not working or whatever the case may be, you got to have hope for the new year. You have to, or you're just not going to go anywhere. Now, next week, I can come back and tell you I'm suicidal again, which, of course, th that's always on the table. But... Come on, man. It's January 1st. You know I'm not I'm not faking it. I'm not coming here and putting on a, a thing for you. I'm like, I got to be upbeat. I was upbeat. I was so upbeat. Are you ready for this, folks? I was so upbeat. You're going to like this. This is the reason a lot of you like the podcast. Maybe not the women so much. Yes, I said it. I went there. But this is why the boys <laughs> like the podcast. Guess what I did? Well, no, the women will like the other aspect of it. Okay, because this screams Dave Juska. <laughs> I was so upbeat last night. I started working on get ready. All right. Breaking news. <laughs> My Warriors musical. I just did a mic drop, but you couldn't see it. Yes. The Warriors, the 1979 film musical. Boom. That's what I worked on. I don't know. I wrote all the songs down that I was going to do. Uh, if anybody cares, if you Instagram me or through Patreon and you want to hear the list of songs, I'll tell you them next week. <laughs> I didn't bring them down. And I started writing the first one, which, of course, is called Coney Island. You know, it has to start in Coney Island. If you know the movie, if you haven't, first of all, if you haven't seen the movie, the movie's fantastic. And it totally holds up in a entertaining sense. It's great. The premise is great. And if you're thinking about flashy Broadway musicals, how does it not work? You've got it's all about street gangs, but the street gangs are so flamboyant. That's what makes the movie so entertaining for anybody, even though it's very violent. That's what made the movie work. It's really entertaining. There's a gang that are dressed up in Yankees uniforms and they, you know, with baseball bats. I think, I think they're called the Baseball Furies. And then there's the high hats who I think are all on roller skates and wearing like Robin Williams suspenders. <laughs> and, and they're tough gangs and they beat you up if you go on their turf. But it's fantastic. 
and it's all about this gang. If you don't know it, it's all about this gang that goes up for this big meeting in the Bronx with all the gangs. And this one guy, Cyrus, is going to bring all the gangs together and they'll be able to rule the city because there's more of them than there are police, which will make, you know, people that don't like the police happy. But, um, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, it, it's not going to be anti-police. Just saying so that at least my version will not be. But that is the uh, the premise. And then, of course, uh, some crazy person who um, I'm trying to think what else you would know him from, I think, in Commando. It's, I mean, this guy's a legendary evil uh, person. I'm, I'm sure there's one I'm missing in time, but everybody knows him from this Warriors, where he's crazy and he shoots that guy. And then the Warriors are blamed, our heroes, and they somehow have to get, if you know the city, and it explains Just God City, they have to get from the Bronx to Coney Island by sunup and they might be able to survive but can they survive the night because all the other gangs in new york city are after them so they have to pretty much travel from the bronx to manhattan to queen uh, to uh, brooklyn uh to make sure to maybe they can survive on their own turf maybe because you know there's a thing but they have to keep crossing all these other turfs and that's the problem anyway that's what i was working on last night if you can believe it isn't that the funny thing is that exactly the kind of thing you should be working on if you're trying to make a new beginning and trying to make yourself happy something that's like all right this is ridiculous but this is a perfect new year's project that probably will never be completed but it's a hilarious start to the new year's work on the broadway musical the Warriors. I looked it up. No one has one. They have the Golden State Warriors musical with Steph Curry, but not the movie. So I figure, what the hell? I'm putting it out there to the universe. If you guys uh, steal it, that's uh, fine. What are you going to do? Everything else I've ever done has been stolen, so who really cares? But that's the big plan. I also did a realignment of the NFL. Uh, that's how bored I was the last couple of days. Yes, I, I put the uh, I just changed all the divisions <laughs> because I'm, that's how bored I was <laughs> this week. I think I lost my mind, but that was super fun. Also, this week between Christmas and New Year's, since we took a break, I watched The Matrix Resurrections. That uh, yeah, I couldn't wait. I always have a movie I'm going to watch Christmas Day. And that was the movie this year. Last year was Wonder Woman 84. So far, we're 0-2 for looking forward to movies, hoping they're going to be great. Yeah, it's not great. There's nothing to spoil. It's just not great. So I guess I would put it up there with the second one, which is acceptable, but not great. It's not bad. Just nothing's going to beat that first one. That's the problem, I guess. Now, the more I think about it, maybe I'll give it a second try. But here's the weird part in it. This woman, Thelma Hopkins, unfucking believable She's in it. Do you know who I'm talking about? This woman, Thelma Hopkins, just won't go away. She will not go away in my life. She's, I mean, I, I'm not looking at her IMDb page, but I'm talking about off the top of my head. I mean, she's been, you know, everything. Bosom Buddies, uh, full of, uh, not Full House, the other, the, the black one, um, you know, with Urkel, that one, Family Matters, uh, so many, so many other things. This one, oh, she used to be in Tony Orlando and Dawn. She was Dawn. So this woman has been around for a long time. She's in the Matrix Resurrections. It's unbelievable. When I saw her, I'm like, you got to be kidding. And she's ageless. I mean, she looks incredible. I just think she's a bad actress. 
so I just never want to see her. But you cannot put a price on how pretty she is at maybe 70 or, or older. She has to be older. She was in a series in the 70s. But she's in the Matrix. This woman works and works and works. It's fascinating. And if somebody doesn't do a documentary on her, they're idiots. This Betty White has nothing on this. I mean, this, this girl is the black Betty White. It's just she hasn't ever been in a good one, you know, on something big. Well, bosom buddies. And and so I'm watching TV yesterday. What was I watching? What was I watching? I was watching, uh, you know, yesterday looking for stuff. And, um, you know, one of the channels had, uh, I watched the end of it. Uh, I don't remember what it was. And it goes to Give Me a Break, you know, with Nell Carter. I'm watching the opening credits, Give Me a Break, with Nell Carter, Joey Lawrence, and the girl I've been following on Instagram, uh, uh, Carrie Michelson, I think her name was, because she's so pretty. I love, was in love with her back then. She's still pretty now. I really want to meet her. Maybe I'll DM her. I think that's her name, Carrie Michelson. She's so pretty still, like Tatum O'Neill, you know, crushes I had back then, and they're still goddamn pretty in their 40s and 50s. Um, but who else is in it? Delma Hopkins. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I was just thinking about her. No wonder I was thinking about her. She's been in every show where it's either a black show or they need a black person, they call Thelma Hopkins, which they clearly must have done in the Matrix Resurrections. Two transvest... Can, what do we call them now? I don't know. Two trans... Two, the directors are now trans, or they're now women. Uh, they had so much trouble looking for a black woman to pair up with Jada Pinkett Smith. They had to call in Thelma Hopkins. The only way they know, it's almost racist to call the one black person that's been working for years in television. It's almost reverse racist. You know what? I'm bringing this up on Marina's podcast today. You can't find one other black person. Well, we'll call Thelma Hopkins. Everybody will be happy with that. (laughs) Oh my God. When I saw it, it actually made me happy in a way, even though, like I said, she just, there's something about it that makes me sick only because I'm like, wait, you have no other actresses. She's not a good actress and she's not funny. And she's never been funny, and I don't like her storylines, and she's always been the next-door neighbor. It's not like Betty White, who was a goddamn genius. I mean, she's always, Thelma Hopkins is always playing the same character, although not so much in The Matrix. Huh. So maybe she is like Betty White. Huh. Huh. I don't know. Oh, so also I saw Being the Ricardos. Do not waste your time with this awful film. The best part is, if you were watching our football show last week, we had Scott Ackerman on. Scott Ackerman is a very interesting character. He created and directed Between Two Firms with Zach Galifianakis, and he has a show called Comedy Bang Bang, which he's made into a podcast, and he invented his own entire podcast network. It's fascinating, this guy. I've known him for a long time. Great guy. And we had him on the show. We realized he's a Billy Joel fan, so we're also having him as the guest on the Billy Joel podcast, which comes out next week. Now, we're finishing the L's this week. I'm sorry with my least favorite songs. Um, Lenin, no, 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 Lullaby and uh, Los Angelinos. Actually, that's not too bad, but Lullaby, ugh. So, sorry to start off the new year with two clunkers. In my world, I know uh, anybody else who listens to this who likes Billy Joel probably doesn't care. I care because I can't wait to start the M's. But then next week, we'll have the Scott Ackerman interview, and it's two parts because we asked him about having Obama on the Between Two Ferns show, 
and he told us the entire story. And I was nervous that Alon was going to be like, that had nothing to do with Billy Joel. I'm like, yes, but it was completely fascinating. I mean, he should be on this show talking about it, but I think you'll find it fascinating. I'm hoping we're just going to stretch it out because I, he thought it was fascinating. I called him up later. He goes, no, that was great. We should make it two parts. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you thought so because I just wasn't sure because I knew it didn't have to do with Billy Joel. But, you know, that's that's. You know, that's what we were talking about. That's the way we do the Billy Joel podcast anyway. It's not always about Billy Joel because, well, that would be boring. You like it because, you know, we like to have some fun, mix it up a little bit. So this guy, so he met, so he mentions, thank God, that being the Ricardos felt exactly the same way I felt, that Aaron Sorkin shouldn't be doing comedy. He's unbelievable at drama and unbelievable at stuff we don't know. But if he's talking about how comedy works, he's horrible. And being the Ricardos is just god-awful. Now, the weird part is Nicole Kidman's not bad, which is crazy because everybody was up and, what are you casting this idiot, this Australian idiot to be uh, Lucille Ball? That's not fair. Javier Bardem is good. That guy is always good. It doesn't matter what he's doing. That guy is a goddamn genius. He's the best. He's amazing in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. But uh, this being the Ricardos, he plays Desi. But this movie stinks. It's it's not so much even that it stinks. It's just stupid and pointless. And it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time watching this show. After it was over, I'm like, that's it? You're kidding, right? That was two. I wasted two hours. One of those kind of movies where you're not nothing bad happens or anything. It's just you're just like, why? Why was this movie made? How, why would they give somebody money to make a movie like this? I mean, only Aaron Sorkin could have gotten this done because if I went to them and said, I just want to talk about one week in Lucy's life. Oh, fuck, man, it sucked. It just really pissed me off. It's just awful. And when you hear Scott talking about it on the Billy Joel podcast, you'll understand more about it. And He goes more into of why it was so bad, which I loved. So meanwhile, after that, I was so upset. And I, I think it was one of the nights I couldn't sleep. So maybe I started it around four in the morning. And then after that... um. I needed to, you know, kind of power down with something light because that's what happens after watching something, you know, whether it's a bad movie or whether it's too violent, you know, I need something. So I Dream of Genie was on and it was an absolutely classic one where Genie makes him have an indestructible suit that I think uh, Roger had a wish, but he accidentally made it. And, and, and Tony uh, Major Nelson's wearing an indestructible uh, suit uniform so he spills coffee on it goes away and stuff and major bellow sees it and he's like amazed by it and they tell him it's this paint that does it and he of course puts it on the general's suit and then he just lights the suit on fire all the time dr bellows keeps <laughs> it's, it was making me laugh and i'm like now this is comedy this aaron sorkin doesn't understand comedy now this is hilarious dr bellows keeps getting screwed <laughs> He's like, no, General, I'm telling you, we're going to be at the White House tomorrow. It's really funny. And I never laugh that hard at I Dream of Genie sometimes, but that this one was really good, the indestructible suit. And that's the one at the end where Groucho comes in. And uh, Major Healy gets one more wish. He goes, I wish I was the funniest person ever. And he turns into Groucho. 
And he goes, here, you hold this and I'll hold this. Oh, Groucho. You mean you're going to give me one, one. wish? Oh, boy, I'm rich. Oh, yachts and chateaus. Chateaus and yachts. Yeah, I got it. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Wait, I'll be a rich movie star. That's it. A movie star. Movie star? Oh, yeah, rich. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, maybe I should be a brain surgeon. Oh, Roger, you, you know, you're the funniest man I've ever met. <laughs> you know something? You know what I wish when I was a little boy? I, I wished I were the funniest man in the world. <laughs> and you have all this. And I'll hold this. I didn't know that was the one, so I got lucky. I saw my favorite one I was just talking about like a week before, I think either on the uh, Billy Joel or the football podcast. So that's what I was watching. I also watched, I, this is the weirdest part, right? With uh, the deaths, um, the deaths of our friends, I'm saying, and uh, our television friends and John Madden and Betty White. I, I, on Christmas Day, they Fox aired a John Madden documentary. I mean, it's so weird. And then we found out on Tuesday, Scott Ackerman broke the news that John Madden had died. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I just saw his documentary. Like, that's a thing to say. Well, how could that be? I just saw his documentary. You know, like, but it was just weird. It's like Fox like timed it. Like, we better air it Christmas Day because he's dying the next day. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. It's really weird. And they, they put together a documentary that sucks. Fox never should have put this together. This should have been an HBO one. But it was, you know, I mean, John Madden was a really interesting guy, a really interesting guy. Uh, but I don't think they told me anything I didn't know. They just said he was a great guy. I mean, uh, you know, you forget sometimes. I, I just remember him as a broadcaster. I don't remember him winning. Uh, I didn't even know he won the Super Bowl, actually. I, I guess I didn't realize he was the coach of the Raiders when they won. Because when I started following football, the NFC never won. The AFC never won a game. Like they didn't win the Super Bowl for like 13 years. These AFC teams, like the Patriots and the Jets and people like that. The NFC was the Cowboys and the Giants and the 49ers were winning every year. And the Packers, until uh, John Elway changed all that, and uh, the Broncos beat the Packers, and then everything changed and things went back to normal, where it's more evened out. But I just always remember Madden just making the games. You know, he was the guy, man. He was so funny. I think that's why a lot of people who never liked football started liking football. He was so funny. He was so funny, you know, like when I think Parcells was the first person to get a Gatorade bath after the Super Bowl in 1991. And then after that, he would do the Telestrator with the Gatorade bath. Here's what's going to happen. This guy's, I mean, that's funny. His Telestrator stuff was so funny. Again, you know, why do we like Billy Joel? Alana and I talk about it all the time. He's funny. So why wouldn't a guy like me appreciate, you know, that I've always said these football shows, I can't watch the morning shows anymore. The reason I do the YouTube one on Tuesdays is because these football shows should be funnier and they still, but these guys think they're funny, but they're not, you know, that's the problem. They might laugh and everything. That's why I stopped watching Fox and I love Terry Bradshaw and I like Jerry Jones, but when they're together laughing at their own jokes, they stink. When me and Artie Lang were together, we were making serious fucking comedy. If Artie was normal, the best football show I could ever have would be me, Lenny, and Artie. That was the greatest one. We did it live down at the, and live on Facebook down at the Village Underground at the Comedy Cellar, and it was fantastic. Artie's the greatest. I mean, that guy, nobody is a better comedical, improvisational, maybe Jeff Ross, you know, that's his job. But Artie's just as good, obviously, a tell, but in a different way. 
But I mean, we would have had the cornerstone on comedy and football and, you know, and, and the three of us loving picking the spreads and talking. Lenny evens the two of us out. It's perfect. Lenny with the analytical and still a comedian. Artie with just who the hell gives a shit saying anything and me just keeping it together. If Artie, you know, goes back and we know that he's good and clean and ready again, man, I would pitch that every day. It would make me so happy to work with him again. Yeah, the John Madden was so funny. He he would uh, talk when he'd see the guys. Like, uh, I remember he would, um, you know, on the Thanksgiving and he was only talking about turkey. I mean, what do you love? What's better than a fat guy talking about eating? I mean, the guy was amazing. The fact that he was afraid to fly and he would just travel on a bus everywhere. That's good stuff. And obviously he was very well-liked, very well-liked. But that was obvious. It seemed, I mean, I... Can you really put on a fake persona for that many years and really be an asshole? Is that even possible? I'm trying to think if there's anybody. Well, me, I guess. <laughs> Everybody can tell you I'm a complete asshole. So, yeah, I guess uh, I guess I am the uh, anomaly. Yeah, and then think about it. I mean, then the, that Madden game, the football game, we always forget about that. My God, that's like the most popular of all games. These, these kids worship this 85-year-old man who, you know, it's very rare in football to be that big of a legend and not be a big player. Everybody likes Joe Namath. That's the thing. You know, you know you're all going to like Joe Namath, for, Joe Namath and uh, Joe Montana forever, but Joe Madden, you know, had a different game every year. So he was always current. So it's even better than being an, an actual player. Very fascinating guy but the documentary wasn't as good as it should have been not as not by a long shot um i think fox um missed opportunity but it's just funny because i said what are you talking about I just watched the documentary same thing last night i got the text from my friend victoria lou pellegrino's wife of course victoria had to give me the news and she said betty white died i'm like no no that's impossible that means she didn't make it to 100 she was only weeks away she goes i know i'm like no i was like really upset because they had a celebration plan for her in three weeks for her hundredth birthday. Like they were going to invite everybody to these movie theaters around the nation that you could all watch together. Betty White's legacy. I think it's called Betty White, a hundred years young or something like that. Three weeks. You'd say to yourself, what, what kind of vengeful God? She couldn't make it to 2022. So at least if it said on Wikipedia, born 1922 died January 2022, you said, oh, she made it to 100. Jesus, that ain't fair. That is so not fair. Everybody wanted to make it to 100. Listen, God, you know, we've all had a really shitty couple of years. And I'm talking about the planet. The planet. And you can't do all of us one solid and keep Betty White alive for three more fucking weeks so everybody can enjoy... Because nobody would be upset if she died a week after being 100. We'd get it. You just couldn't give us one thing for in three weeks that would make everybody happy. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And as you know, a man in my position can't be made to look ridiculous. Now you get out of here. But I was, re- I mean, I knew all this anyway. The first thing I was saying, I was talking to Rachel Feinstein last night. And we were talking about Betty White because it was upsetting everybody. You know, it's one of those things. 
It's like, what the, the, what the fuck do I give a shit if Betty White's dead? I don't know Betty White. She doesn't change my life. But was she kind of a part of my life for a long time? She was unbelievable in the Mary Tyler Moore show. She's a legendary thing in the Golden Girls. It's amazing that you could go. And that's the thing about her. I mean, what an actress. Not like Barney Rubble in Night Shift. Hey, that Barney Rubble, some actor. Um, thank you. Uh, no, I mean, to go from the the slut and the, you know, the sexy or whatever she was, um, but the promiscuous Samantha-like role, who, of course, invented that role, uh, Betty White in the Mary Tyler Moore show, then to go to the sweet and innocent. Remember, she was supposed to play Blanche, and she goes, no, no, let's mix it up, because I'm a goddamn actress. Man, that is awesome acting, unlike Thelma Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? Who plays the same role all the time. This woman played two characters that aren't her. I mean, maybe she was more like Sue Ann Nivens, except kinder. But she was playing characters. Thelma Hopkins plays herself. You're going to meet Thelma Hopkins. You're going to be like, you know, you're just like your character in Bosom Buddies. And uh, Family Matters, by the way. And now that I think about it, really, give me a break. You're, you're really the exact same character. I don't know if that is that acting. I don't know. It's like me, you know, when uh, I was on Sarah Silverman's show and she's like, you know, you got to be yourself. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I am being myself. I am a kind and a very quiet and reserved person. Um, but and I said, I said, I was telling Rachel, I'm like, let me tell you something about Betty White. Betty White's unbelievable for so many reasons. She was into animals and, and, and you know, animal cruelty and, and, and being aware of pets and how important it was. Like, she must have been aware of that and doing stuff in the 50s and 60s. Because by 1973, in that Password episode on The Odd Couple, Felix always goes, and I didn't understand why. He goes, I love pets. When he's trying to get on Password, he says to Betty White, I love pets. I didn't know what she was talking about. After the Golden Girls, she said, have your pet spayed or neutered. I didn't know she was part of this cause for the past 50 years. She was doing it way before it was popular. And that's the other thing I was reading today. She was doing stuff... And I mean, I know everybody kind of knows that she was great, but they probably don't know why. They're probably like Golden Girls, Golden Girls, Golden Girls. You know, maybe hot in Cleveland. You're just thinking of the reason. But if you really look at the backstory, it is so fascinating. This woman really was a pioneer, which is, but it's great that she was heralded. It's not like we're looking back after her death. She was heralded for, you know, if you really did the backstory work. She went to Hollywood and, and did pretty good. And then she took two years off during World War II to help, you know? I mean, she was doing that kind of shit back then, let alone pets. She was helping humans as well. And that's remember, that's in like the 50s where nobody even knew that anybody was doing that. She wasn't doing it to post it on Instagram to tell everybody how great she is. She wasn't uh, making people adopt pets or spay and neutering to make sure they were safe and animal cruelty so she could post it on social media and let everybody know how great she is i mean that's what makes her a goddamn miracle and that's why you never know whether you're going to get some a, a real person these days or not you know until they die and you find out you know he did a lot of social work he just didn't post it that's probably the best thing to do and then they talk about that which i didn't know when i didn't realize the betty white show was a talk show and it came on the same day as carson's like she was doing a talk show she invented the format. <laughs> it's just that the the Steve Allen show was, I guess, more popular or something like that. She she was doing a they were, they were saying she was doing like a, a five, you know, filling five and a half hours because there was either that or a test pattern. She, that, this is before the the Betty White show. She was on the air just talking and gabbing 
and stuff. Can you imagine five and a half hours? Like a radio show, I guess, but she was like totally into the medium. And then for the Mary Tyler Moore show, they said, I, I want to get it right. In 1973, the already popular Mary Tyler Moore show was looking to cast the character of Sue Ann Nivens, described in the script as an icky, sweet, Betty White type. And then they ended up getting the real thing. I thought that was uh, absolutely fantastic. What a really interesting person. And of course, really culminating in many ways on that Saturday Night Live appearance where everybody got her on and it worked. And how great was she on that show? It's not like it's not like she didn't come through on that show. It's like one of the best episodes ever in the Saturday Night Live arsenal, uh, especially, I mean, after the original, you know, five se- or four seasons, really, I'm saying the five, five not being as great. But uh, boy, you know, just delivering on, and just because of Facebook back then, really great. And then, uh, you know, this guy in the paper saying she was even a hit on Twitter. Older fans might remember the Betty White Show, her daytime talk program on NBC that premiered in 1954, sorry, uh, 54, the same year The Tonight Show, along with Steve Allen. She helped establish the format that hasn't changed much to the day, jokes, banter with the band leader, and a desk. That's unbelievable. Yeah, right. And then when you think of uh, the fact that Facebook, uh, you know, before, I guess, Twitter helped her to get on Saturday Night Live, it really is something else. Boy, she really uh, put it together. Fascinating, fascinating uh, lady. And uh, really sad. It was very upsetting, you know, when you, again, when you're sitting at home and, um, you know, you're like, you know, I don't want to hear that. I'm like, oh, I love Betty White. I was looking forward to the, I was going to go to the movie theater, see that movie maybe. I wasn't going to do that. But um, I was going to wait till it came to cable. As, of course, I'm very excited today, being January 1st, I'm going to watch the Harry Potter reunion. Oh, <laughs> maybe not today because I want to get out the podcast to you, but. Uh, tomorrow before football that's my plan maybe i don't know i can then i get too uptight shit when am i gonna watch it well maybe i'll try and watch it tonight i really want to watch it now like during the day i like watching it in the daytime i'm very excited about it harry potter reunion oh my it dropped it dropped at midnight last night i was like thinking about watching it but i'm like no i'm gonna save it up i'm gonna save it up that's what i do just now in the city will return after these messages Hi, everybody. This is Dave Juskow from the very popular podcast, Juskow in the City. And I'm just sending out a special message today to my Patreon subscribers. I just want to thank you for a year of dedicated service and a continued collaboration between myself and you guys, who really are the backbone of this podcast and everything Juskow. <laughs> that should be really the name of the new podcast. Everything just got. But seriously, folks, if you want to join Patreon, just look it up. Patreon, Dave Juskow. It all comes together. And I appreciate everything you do for me and this podcast, Juskow in the City. We'll see you next time. Meanwhile, today, there's a couple of guys. This is goddamn brilliant. Think about this. They call it, it's, it's an umbrella rental. It's called Rent Umbrella. And it's like City Bike or Revel. Rent umbrella. This podcast is called Just Guy in the City. Let me tell you something about living in this goddamn city. Sometimes you are without an umbrella. Especially if you are a man, you're not carrying a purse, you're not doing anything. It's very rare when you carry an umbrella with you as a man unless you're carrying a backpack. Whenever I carry my backpack, I do have an umbrella in it at all times. But many times I get caught in the rain without an umbrella, and goddamn it, brilliant. 
rent umbrella. You go on your phone, you find out where to get an umbrella, and then you give it back at another location where they have that kind of thing, and it costs like a dollar. Or maybe two dollars. Because remember when these guys pop up out of nowhere, I think Seinfeld talks about it in one of the uh, the openings. Because remember, he invented the twirl. <laughs> you know, they cost 15, 16 bucks. And then they say, if you keep it for more than three days, then you have to pay 16 bucks. But that's perfect. I love that these guys are thinking, that is like the smartest thing I've ever heard. I don't know how it would work. I don't know where these locations would be. I don't know if they'd be inside or outside, but I love it. Rent umbrella. It is, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. I really might be the smartest thing of all time. Rent umbrella. I mean, think about if they had it in office buildings. You know, if we, if, if, if when I worked at, uh, you know, the 551 Fifth Avenue, why wouldn't they just buy a rent umbrella station. Now, of course, you know you'd, you'd never get down in time. It would never be full. But I wonder if all these office buildings just get a rent umbrella station. It's very brilliant. And then probably everybody gets paid. And then, of course, you're hoping, hoping for what rain. And that makes those people the worst. This is Times Square, 42nd Street. So uh, let me just backtrack a little bit. Last week or two weeks ago, I guess before Christmas Eve, I was doing Marina Franklin's podcast, which I do on Saturdays, Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. on Facebook Live. Me, Marina Franklin, and her assistant, Evelyn. And this week, she had these like kind of militant black women that might sound horrible, but they're very, very serious. And, you know, that's why it's funny that I'm on the show um, because they're all talking about, you know, being politically correct and all that stuff. And it's, it's hilarious. And all of a sudden, I don't know how it happened. I had three of my white young girlfriends come over my house, right? I never have anybody over. And I thought it would be funny if I had them come. They said, hey, are you home? We're in your neighborhood. And I'm like, sure, come by because I, the show usually ends at 4, 10. So I'm like, if you come by at 3.50, it'll be hilarious because, you know, it'll be hilarious to have these three really pretty white girls in the background playing video games in my background, right? I, I thought that'd be funny. But as it turns out, this girl came on late, so they went a half hour later, and then it was kind of a disaster. So we're going to talk about it today. But still, if I get the footage of it, there'll be nothing funnier than these three really young, beautiful white girls <laughs> coming over and just being like, hi, Marina! <laughs> it's like everything those women hate in a person like me and then they're just playing video games behind me the whole time drinking it was hilarious i've got to get the footage of it i just feel bad because marina was playing when we sang together on christmas on her birthday on christmas last year and i i ruined it all and i have to apologize i it just it was just a coincidence that this was the week it wasn't just me evelyn and 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 marina you know that there was other guests on and and then it all happened. You know, nobody ever comes over on Saturdays, but it was great. I mean, these girls were so funny, and we just hung out for a little bit. And it was nice to have people over. They just stayed for like an hour and a half, and it was it was really great. They were all just drinking earlier. And they are fun girls, but they are very young. But that's all right, because they are nice, nice kids. The next stop is... Also on... Uh, oh, so the next day... This is hilarious. I went to Hoboken, as I normally do. And I already had kind of uh, everything going on. And I don't really want to talk about gambling that much anymore. But I have to tell you this story. It's just too funny. Um, 
I took the ferry in, and I'm like, listen, I'm not getting off. It's freezing. I'm not going to get off in Hoboken and, and, and take my time. I'm going to do what I usually do on Mondays. I'll have everything ready. When it docks, I'll make, you know, once I'm in Jersey, I'll, you know, press the button, and then I'll just circle around as I do. But this time, I walked on, and there was a guy who was already giving me trouble at the entrance. Like he said, I had to move to the other side, which pisses me off because there's no arrow or anything that says which side you have to stand on. So this guy, I'm like, he's already giving me trouble, and this is really kind of bothering me already, but whatever. I sit down. We stop at one place. We stop at the next place. There's always two stops. And he goes, hey, it's Hoboken. I'm like, yeah, what? And I'm listening to the radio or something. And he goes, it's Hoboken. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. He's like, no, no, you got a, you got a round trip ticket? I'm like, and everybody's just looking at me. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. And then I have to get, he's like, no, no, this is Hobo. You got a round trip ticket. Like he's going to charm, like nobody's ever, nobody's ever said anything before. But unfortunately, I was the only one who went to Hoboken from Manhattan that day. So he totally was looking at me. And then I got up and I'm like, "Um, no, I want to go back. He's like, you want to go back? You have a round trip ticket? I'm like, I just, why are you giving me a hard time, man? I'm just trying to, you know, he's like, so you want to go back? Yeah, I, I, I'd like to go back. He's like, all right, that's I just needed to know. I wanted to know you weren't asleep, that your stop was there. I'm like, oh, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. I, yes, I, I usually you do this and nobody bothers me. And so, like, he was giving me shit, but he was also okay, you know, and we ended and I sat back down and everything was fine. Like, I thought he was going to make me pay another $9 to, I thought I was going to have to go off and then go back. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. You know, because I'm like, are you really going to make me get off? And I said, why, why are you doing this to me, man? Why are you bothering me? So, I get back on, I go back, and when I get off, I wait for everybody to go, and I talk to the guy, and I'm like, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, I was um, gambling, and I need to be in New Jersey. He goes, dude, why didn't you just say that from the beginning? I totally understand. Uh, now, it's like, I'm like, well, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to say anything. It's like, if I have to be honest, this is what I was saying. He's like, oh, dude, I totally get I know. I, yeah, are you kidding? There's like, then we like totally bonded and the ship was going to take off but and i'm like oh i gotta get off you know because we had more to talk about because then he could appreciate it and i just felt i had to tell him the truth you know after we got back i'm like well here's the thing here's the what i was really doing because i i don't know and it was really funny because he's like dude if you just open with that i'm like well i was embarrassed i want to tell him you know it's an embarrassing habit and it's all that but it was really funny because he probably he must see other people do that all the time but I don't know. I can't tell if anybody else does it but me. I haven't met anybody. Like I said, I always said there was a cavern. No, what, what would you call it? A cavalcade of, of people walking across the George Washington Bridge on Sundays around 10, 11 o'clock to make their bets. So this is all coming. In, I'll never have to do that again shortly, but it's not soon enough. And it's really frustrating. And obviously, it's uh, hilarious having no money in doing it. That's the best uh, part ever. But I thought... Uh, you would appreciate that story. I did want to tell that. And uh, and here's the other thing, too. And this is so funny. I'm driving my car, you know, because I was back and forth, back and forth all, all week with my mother. You know, it really took a toll on me. I was uh, wiped. My mother's sick now. I mean, it, it's, you know, there are three difficult things they say in life, marriage, death, and moving. And selling a house, I guess, you know, which why would I know anything about it? But boy, was and selling a house in a rush by the end of the year. You know, I told my mother, I'm like, all this is normal. Everything that's happening is normal. You have to relax. I worked in a real estate law firm for 20 years. This is all normal. In fact, it's going smoother than you could possibly imagine. It's just 
difficult for us because there's a time rush. But none of this would have happened if the closing was on January 31st. You know, it was just a, a matter of the December 31st that was the issue that you want to close at the end of the year. So if my mother had just waited, we wouldn't have been in this this pickle. But it all worked out and everything's done. And maybe I'll tell you more about that later. Anyway, I'm driving in my car. Um, and I always use Waze. And Waze is terrific, and I've told you before. I have to use Waze to get my car out of the parking lot in time. And that's the thing. I, I was like, they're like, we need to get your car out of the garage because there's a eighty-five dollars a day storage fee. This is the problem leaving in goddamn Manhattan. You know, storage fee anywhere else is probably twenty bucks, maybe less. And I'm like, I can't take it out tomorrow. My garage is in Times Square. They're not going to let me through. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Again, I I messed up because I bought it in on Wednesday. I couldn't, I didn't have the money Thursday. I'm like, let me, oh, Friday won't be any good. Saturday's a holiday, technically. It's the, you know, the first, and then it's Sunday. You're probably not open, so I'm screwed. I can't drive my car into Times Square on New Year's Eve, you know, even if I'm just going to the parking place. But anyway, as you know, I take Waze and I'll go from my parking garage to my apartment and I have to use Waze because this city sucks so much and it's uh, stupid traffic and driving around in a car which is why the motorcycle is so terrific that I have to use ways to tell me the best way to go just across town on the same block. And it zigzags me around like it did coming home from my mother's. It takes me through Jersey city, takes me through wall street, the, the ferry, and then the FDR drive. And I mean, what a ways to go. How are you? I, and you know how, if you're using ways, many of you use waves, no matter where you live, it always gives you like, Hey, there's a Wendy's or a McDonald's and, you know, in, a, in three miles, would you like to stop there? Or maybe they put like a Lowe's or something. You know, they always give you an option when you're out of light to stop there, which I find to be really annoying. It stays there too long when that's the time I want to kind of look at the map and see what's happening. But whatever, right? So the other day, like I'm going to say not Wednesday morning, but maybe Tuesday or something. I went or no, no, I guess when maybe last week. I don't remember. And it took me through 42nd Street to go to the Lincoln Tunnel because I was parked at my house, you know, on the, on the, all the way on the East River. And it took me the best way to go. And this is just so funny when it says, the best way to go is to go across 42nd Street. And all I'm thinking about is like, that is so insane that the best way to go, because all of you who've maybe never been to New York or you have been to New York, you have to be saying, wait, it's telling you to drive through Times Square? Because many times it tells you to drive through Times Square to get to the Lincoln Tunnel. It'll tell me to go down 7th Avenue. And I'm like, wait, this is better to drive through Times Square? But it is. They know, right? I trust them implicitly because I have to. And I've heard you get special privileges if you, you know, say like, hey, is that car still there or is there traffic there? So, you know, I always try and help out, help out my my other ways friends. So this time it told me to go down 42nd Street, right? So 42nd Street going right through Times Square, Maybe it's 10 o'clock in the morning, but it's, you know, around Christmas and New Year's. So it's the most crowded it ever gets in Times Square. And then the thing comes up, hey, there's a McDonald's here. Do you want to stop? Do you want to stop and have McDonald's? And I'm like, so what you're saying now is you want me to stop and, and park my car on 42nd Street and walk into the McDonald's. You think this is a good plan 
for ways for me to somehow just really leave my car. This You can't park on 42nd Street and just, no, I'm running. Waze said I could stop. It's okay, officer. Waze said I could stop in and, and just pick up some McDonald's. I'll just, I'm only leaving it there for a second. Like, why would you ever even want to leave your car for a second on 42nd Street? And then run into the McDonald's. I mean, I saw the McDonald's they were talking about. It's right on 42nd between 7th and 8th, the worst, the worst block ever in the history of blocks. And I'm just like, this is the stupidest time. So like right to ways. I remember writing it down and being like, this is the stupidest stop ever. Like to just say, like, are you interested in stopping? Do you want me to set the ways to so, so to do what? They're just gonna tell me I'm at my destination. I'm like, now what do I do? Should I just leave the car and just say everybody will be in traffic? It's not like a it's not a drive-through. You would have to park your car and go in. It was, I was like, this is the stupidest ad I've ever seen. Please be smarter. I trust ways to be more alert than that than to have me stop in the middle of 42nd Street and walk into a McDonald's to pick up a chicken McNugget. Thank you. This is a Brooklyn-bound 5 Express train. One last thing before we go. On Monday, you know, normally I get Monday is my favorite day of the week. Obviously, I go to the Scruffy Duffy's and I have chicken wings. It's fantastic. But this Monday, the, my favorite bartender wasn't there. Uh, so I knew she wasn't going to be there. So I planned ahead. So I went to UFC, Unidentified Flying Chicken, in Jackson Heights, Queens, and went and, and had the Korean delicious, really could be the best wings I've ever had in a way, but they're just not buffalo wings. And just only got drumsticks. Ugh. Soy garlic and hot. Ugh. Fantastic. And I was there with the owner and my friend Lee and Allen. I take the, the bike and the motorcycle and I get there and it's freezing. I mean freezing. And my hands are freezing. I Now I have those hot, those things you put in your gloves but I, for some reason, I didn't want to use it. I'm like, no, I got to save it up. I'm like, what am I saving it up for? I still got to get better mittens or something. But whatever, I made it. And then um, we went downstairs because, you know, my friend Lee is building something upstairs and we went downstairs where nobody is since COVID. But we were able to go downstairars. This was the best night of my life. I swear to God, this, I need so little in my life. We were able to go downstairs. We were with the owner and they just have, they're all about different kinds of beer and wings. So they have all these different kinds of beer. So they have all these taps lined up because usually they used to use that downstairs before COVID. They haven't used it in two years. So I was able to just take the tap, take the beer, take whatever I want, and just keep drinking. It was a dream come true for no money. Or I could go into the refrigerator and take any kind of the craft beers, bottled beers that I wanted. And I just kept drinking the draft because I couldn't even believe I was able to pour the tap myself. It was like a dream like Norm Peterson would have on Cheers that I could just take the trap, the, the draft, the, the tap myself and pour my own beer. It was fantastic. And I was so happy. And those guys knew it. And <laughs> they're like, but it really doesn't take you much to be happy. I'm like, no, no. And it was early. Like we got there at five o'clock. It was fantastic. Because remember, Monday's not just about football. You don't, it's not about football. It's just about going out and having wings. So the football is just the, you know, another piece of the puzzle, which is great. But I really don't care if I get back and, you know, in time to watch it later. I just like doing fun things on Mondays <laughs> because it's weird. 
So we ate, and then we ate the uh, the beautiful wings. God, they are delicious. And I'm, I'm like, young these these wings. They're they're just uh, this recipe is it, it's incredible. I mean, I can't I can't tell them enough. And then and then that was enough. But I I can't help myself. I got the bulgaki, which I always call bukaki, which is hilarious. But I got the bulgaki, which is the beef. Right? Oh my god, I can't help myself. I'm already full, but I'm like, ah. Oh. I don't want to get it, but I can't help myself. And then I'm like full and it's awful, but I keep drinking. I'm having a great time. And then we just wrap up. Maybe we're there for two hours. It was fantastic. And then I know I got to go home. It starts to rain. But I got to take the Revel. I'm keeping up the streak. No subways. No subways. So I get the Revel again. And now I'm driving again. And I was singing it. I drove my motorcycle home in the rain. I drove my motorcycle in the rain. Not home, right? So I Billy Joel'd it all the way to the bridge. And then, of course, I uh, rode the bike over the bridge and went home and then got sick because I ate too much and drank too much. <laughs> the usual. I think, oh, no, I had an ice cream pop and then I went to bed. Right. I didn't even watch the game, but I woke up like two hours. Oh, I, I, I think I woke up at 10 o'clock and then I was up for the rest of the night. Yes, that's the way that worked. Well, that's what you get when you eat all that food and drink all that drink. But that'll be fun for Monday. And anyway... That's how we leave you today on the pilot episode of Just Cow in the City. And I hope that you enjoyed this uh, first episode and we'll come back in the coming weeks on Just Cow in the City, the brand new podcast that has everybody talking. All of the internet is talking about Just Cow in the City and Betty White. Now this week, tonight... On the Comedy Cellar Football Show, we have Dan Natterman and Lenny Marcus to finish out the football season, the regular season. And then we will continue in an hour-long format until the Super Bowl. And on Billy Joel, we have Los Angelinos. And the worst song ever, for real, for me. It'll be at 122 or whatever the last song is. Lullaby, Goodnight, My Angel. Can't stand it. I am not in a position to care for sad songs like that. I really hate it. But... It doesn't matter, because then in three weeks, we start the M's, and every M song is outstanding, and that'll be exciting. Plenty of stuff coming up, and the coming oh my God, how can I forget this? Folks, folks, January 7th, January 7th, this is the most important thing I could tell you. I'm sorry I waited until the end. I might have to put an addendum at the beginning. January 7th, Judge Jerry, me, Mike Bichetti, Rachel Feinstein, don't forget January 7th, check your local listings here in the New York City Tri-State area. It is on at 11.30 a.m. on Channel 11 or the CW Network. Judge Jerry, I sue Mike Bichetti for having a heart attack. You will not want to miss the exciting episode of Judge Jerry. Friday, January 7th. We will talk about it next week. I haven't even seen it. As we see you next time. Ah, uh, just go in the city. Good night, everybody. Oh.